This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fiverr Business. Fiverr connects your team with expert freelancers and provides a powerful workspace to manage all of your projects and budgets more efficiently. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Josh Nemark. He is the founder and creative director at Fix8 Media. So, Josh, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So you've built, from what I could tell, we'll talk more about it, a very nice business at Fix8, but I, I always love to, everybody always sees a snapshot in time. I love to go back and say, what was your journey to, to get to Fix8? And then we'll talk a little bit about what Fix8 is today, but what's been your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, sure. I would say this chapter began in 1998 working for a company called Macmillan Computer Book Publishing. Oh, yeah. And they literally wrote like certification manuals yeah, for, yeah. yeah, for different things. And I got involved there in the special sales department, found it incredibly boring. And a guy who was actually dating my sister was a television producer. And he said, wouldn't it be fun to start a television production company? And I said, yeah, that sounds better than this. We literally started a company in his basement on five-gallon buckets on AOL dial-up with laptops. I think it was Gateway or something back then. And so that was the beginning of a company that started as television production quickly. Within two years, got into the new media space, which is DVD-ROMs and CD-ROMs for training Eli Lilly reps on how to sell pharmaceuticals and very exciting things. But I always loved the power of the internet, that it really couldn't be contained and more so that you could empower clients even with those tools. So back in the day, we were building content managed websites because frankly, I didn't like the hostage model. I still don't like it. And that's okay if that's your thing. It's just never been my thing. And I always got more fulfillment by seeing clients have success with the tools that we we gave them. And so that was the beginning of my journey. We spent just under 10 years with that company until it was finally sold. At the time, we had built probably back then 100 websites because websites were built a little differently. We built an ASP.net, by the way, back then. And so, I ran across one of those just today. Somebody was having me. Is that right? Still in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. So at the time I got involved in a startup and they needed a website and I said, oh no, I don't have a team of people anymore to dictate these things to Thanks very much. And they didn't really care. And so I had read an article actually on a gentleman named Anthony Casalena, who's the founder of Squarespace. And mm-hmm. so in 2007, I discovered that platform and I went to their website and it was apparent quickly that they took the same antithetical approach that I did to web design and development, empower the user. So now I didn't have to worry about hosting and calls in the middle of the night and things like that. And so I built my first site in Squarespace and I don't know how many months flew by into years, but the startup eventually drifted away and I was now building lots of websites in the platform for old agency clients because I could build them quicker in the CMS and faster and really give them something that they didn't have to worry about it was stable. And so that was Fixate Media. At some point, we got busy enough that my wife, Susie, who was a partner in the business, actually had to come and work in the business. And so I would say that was around 2010 where we started to grow simply because we were very transparent about the platform. We worked in the space and that attracted a lot of attention. And so we continued down that road for a great number of, of years. And then about three years ago, 
Susie and our operations director, so my wife and our operations director, Tina, had a sit down with me and they said, it's really wonderful that you're such an evangelist for that platform. You're foolish in that you turn all this business away for all our agency clients. And the reason that happened is just because of our transparency, right? I'm best practices. I'll tell someone when not to push that far because the software won't support you (laughs) or that's a bad idea for SEO or whatever the case may be. And so it was very clear we needed an alternative. And at the time, I don't remember if Duda had reached out to me through LinkedIn or vice versa, but somehow I got introduced to the Duda platform and started to explore it. And very quickly, things took a change here. And that's dictating our direction today. So So what's a typical, you've talked about websites, but what's a typical kind of client engagement look like for you? Yeah, industry-wise, it really can span, right, from musicians and orchestras to accountants to lawyers. And I would say that most often the approach is still very similar in how we build websites because we're trying to build websites that elicit measurable effects for people. Mm -hmm. Artists and photographers aside, perhaps, but not always anymore, but they can have their own thing. So we are generally engaged to help a client get from point A to Z and then teach them how to use the tools that we've provided But again, in most engagements, it's a four to six week or eight week engagement where we come in as a creative agency. We help them within our model and best practices and then deliver a fully functioning, optimized website, which we hope they're going to utilize and grow with. So when somebody comes to you, and I know this will differ by industry, but are there a handful of things given where we are today in terms of consumer behavior and, you know, how they buy and how they research and whatnot? Are there a handful of elements that you say, look, your homepage has to have this stuff on it. The days of a slider with a couple links are, are yeah. probably gone. The journey, the customer journey begins at, at the homepage in many cases. So are there a handful of elements that you just pretty much are saying, these are givens, we're going to bake this into every site? Yeah, I think for most websites, aesthetics aside, we certainly believe that when you land on a website, you really need to clearly identify where someone's landed and quickly offer them a call to action or two. And I would say that, you know, we, my history in working with big agency partners and so forth, we'd spend weeks learning about archetypes. And while we do that on a miniature level here, it is true and it's important. If we're pitching to somebody who's going to have 25 to 40 year olds as their primary user of their website, that does tell us a lot about how they use the website and how they've acclimated to mobile devices and things like that. Expectations where I have a, I have a rule here called the Donna factor. That's my mom. And my mom, (laughs) she goes to the navigation no matter what. (laughs) She knows how to shop. She knows how to do those things on iPads. And I think that you want to cover your bases. But in most cases, yes, there's calls to action and opt-ins and service area options, all generally on home pages because people shop in different ways. And you want to make sure that you're essentially serving them the way they want to be served. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of wasted space there. If we, I read a statistic the other day, actually an update of the statistic and said 92% of people visit a brand's uh, website or homepage for reasons other than to purchase, or at least for the first time, for reasons mm-hmm. other than to make a purchase. And a lot of websites are set up to, here's what we sell, buy it now. Mm-hmm. And when that's really not going on very often. So I think there's a ton of waste, obviously, on the homepage. But let's talk about some interior pages. What, mm-hmm. are, what are the most wasted pages that you see people <laughs> creating? Wasted pages. I would say company history, <laughs> if you're a long time company. I often will tell clients if they think that some of those pieces of information are relevant, there's probably a spot for it. And there may even be yeah. a SEO value to it, but it's probably not front and center for the client. Yeah. And so if the client wants to dig, I'm not opposed to having it available somewhere. But yeah. is it a useful page? 
Generally not. People are going to, for our clientele, people are going to vet them. It's a credibility yeah. piece. They're going to yeah. book something, register, look at a service, but they're generally not utilizing the website as they would a store like Amazon.com yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually, a little bit of what I was getting at there was, I'll tell you the two pages. I see the wasted opportunity is what I should have said the most is the about us page and the contact us page. Um, mm -hmm. I see people slap up a form on the contact us page. It doesn't really go anywhere. Once I fill it out, I see the about us page is more of a company history <laughs> as opposed to like about us in a way that might make you want to buy from us. And, and I think right. over the years, viewing hundreds and hundreds of company analytics knows are many cases, the second and third most visited pages on the websites. So do you have a philosophy about, you know, how to make a contact us page really work double time or triple time, as opposed to just being a form? Yeah, indeed. We, we think we do certainly on, on about pages and contact pages. I think that one, it's important to be authentic because yeah. particularly in service industries, take therapists as an example. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the site looks like. If you get somebody there, they're going to the meet whoever page before they're generally <laughs> going to sign up for therapy with you. So mm -hmm. I always tell people, you know, firstly, be authentic and try to resonate with something that the reader might be interested in. Yeah. What's a differentiator? Your CV isn't always necessarily that, right? Yeah, yeah, Your yeah. interests might be that. Your life experiences might be that in, in that instance. As it pertains to a contact page, I think it's important to, again, think about the different ways people like to connect and your yeah. business. Yeah. We still maintain a phone number you can call. We'll pick up it, the phone if it rings. And if we are busy, we'll call you back. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are a fair amount of our clients who pick up the phone and call us. That's yeah. how they operate. And if we didn't have that number, we would never have had that opportunity for them to even leave a message. So I think phone number, forms, and sometimes a general contact email are important. But I then think what happens after that experience like you're talking about. So do you just fill out a form and it goes out into internet world and you hope it got somewhere and it said thank you? Yeah. Or do you then take the user to a thank you page where you let them know what's going to happen next and right. thank them for their inquiry and ask them to sign up for your email? The latter is certainly more what we would push a client to try to do. You, you bet. Yeah, I, I often tell people that your About Us page or your Contacts page, maybe particularly the About Us page, should actually make somebody feel, oh, yes, you're for me or you're not for me. You know, mm -hmm. so that's where you show your personality. That's where you show what you believe maybe. And, and then you're disqualifying somebody who's not an ideal client, maybe as equally as qualifying somebody who is. Yeah, indeed. All right. You do websites without content to optimize. <laughs> A little hard to do. So how do you struggle or do you struggle with the relationship between those three things? They're, to me, they basically are strategy. Planning your website, planning your content, planning your SEO is, you know, table stakes for getting a good website, but a lot, and a lot of web design firms have come to that realization that people show up with no content. It's hard to build a nice website. Yes, how do you wrestle? How do you wrestle with the fact that you can't do your job, your primary job of designing a website that's going to be useful for them without those other elements? Yeah, very true statement. And when anybody historically would ask me about a project timeline, I'd always say well, that depends <laughs> on your content. Here's the um, yeah. Certainly the more prepared a client is, the better. In our particular process, even if a client comes with all of their content, which is helpful, it is. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Our process of not picking templates and custom designing sites and prototyping them out generally means they're going to have to bend it around a little bit anyhow. But if somebody doesn't come, it is going to be a struggle. So when we're interviewing a client and vice versa, because we want to make sure we're a good fit for them too, that's a big question that we ask them. Do you have it? If you don't, how are you getting it? Because 
Certainly we have the capabilities to write content. We're just too small a shop overall to do that for too many projects. So our core capabilities are design, light development, strategy, and organic SEO. And that's mm -hmm. basically our focus. But we do have a couple partners who are writers <laughs> who yeah. can help in that area. So if, if somebody's struggling and we, we want to engage with them, we'll generally introduce them to somebody who could actually create the content. Yeah. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor, Fiverr Business. Fiverr connects your team with freelancers, high quality services on a budget. These are curated top providers, over 500 categories that have already been vetted for quality and experience. You've got tools to create projects, approve budgets, manage your freelancers. There's payment protection. You can count on transparent pricing and payment approval that gives you the last word every time. And when you sign up, you get a designated business success manager to make sure that you are getting your projects matched with the right talent. Sign up for free today at fiverr.com. From a pure design aesthetic standpoint, it seems it's almost like fashion. Here's what the Springs websites are going to look like. Here's what this falls websites are going to look like. Yeah. Are there, whether they're useful or not, people do them. And you see all of a sudden you're seeing these dark websites with reverse copy and whatnot. Are there some trends right now that you think are um, useful or that you're seeing, at least if nothing else, you're seeing a lot of, and when you start seeing a lot of the watercolor illustrations and things like that, you all of a sudden people start asking for them. So are there some things that you're seeing a lot of? Gradients. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gradients are not coming back. There's certainly a, a big, it depends on what type of agency you are. If you are overall and SEO oriented, you're definitely going to be thinking about core web vitals, which I'm mm -hmm. sure you've heard mm -hmm. about or read mm -hmm. about, but Google is now going to measure websites differently and it's going to be based on experience and, and that's important. But all of a sudden, websites that are in the know, <laughs> they're changing overnight. There's yeah. no videos at the top or sliders, and there's not that much edge-to-edge -edge anymore. Buttons don't say learn more. They say engage with me about such and such. There's yeah. a lot of specificity, and everybody's really still learning it, truthfully. But I think that's probably the, late, the, the next biggest shift. Thinking back to my career, there were things like Flash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, or mobile devices when they came yeah. out, right, and cross-browser testing and things. But I would say that Core Web Vitals is a big one. Um, also user, and, and this kind of goes along with it, but the user being able, for lack of better terms, being able to control the experience when they scroll up and down. So mm -hmm. as they scroll, things coming in, and as they go back, things going out. That puts the user in control of the experience, essentially, and that's definitely a trend. Less so flashy, yeah. kitschy things yeah. are, are starting to go away. Accessibility is big. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I'm starting to see more white space and simplicity yeah. as opposed to, like you said, flashy stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think back to the days of the the slideshow. And still some people come to us today and they'll say, what about a slideshow? I'll say, yeah, you can do that, you know. How many things should I have in there, like seven? And I said, let's <laughs> see. So let's say we got it up there for four seconds times seven. If they're there 28 seconds later, we've got a problem. Houston. They didn't go where they were supposed to go. Yeah. Things like that have, have certainly changed, yeah. Yeah, isn't that an issue? I'm sure you deal with that all the time. Somebody sells 28 different services or can sell 28 mm -hmm. different services and they want to somehow have them all on the homepage when 90% of their profit actually comes from three. It right. seems, pretty, pretty, seems pretty logical, but they don't want to turn anybody away. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. When your agency partners with Wix, you unlock an entire digital ecosystem for creating, managing, and growing your business online so you can run your agency the way you've always wanted to. 
Get the full coding and design freedom to create anything your clients need, along with the tools to manage and collaborate with your team seamlessly from anywhere. And when it comes to growing your business, you can get matched with new leads every day and earn revenue share for every website you create. They're all backed with Wix's industry-leading security and site performance. You'll also have dedicated account managers on standby 24-7 so you can reach your goals and start setting new ones. See for yourself. Head on over to Wix.com slash partners and reimagine what your agency can accomplish. All right. So let's talk about page builders, the technology of how websites get built. You already mentioned Squarespace and Duda, which is another kind of site tool sort of position maybe against or along, say, a WordPress. But even WordPress now has got Gutenberg and inside of WordPress, there are all these tools that you know allow a non-designer to drag and drop and make a site look pretty good. Won't be perfect, but probably pretty good. So you guys have gone all in on Duda. You're still doing a lot of Squarespace probably because of, of legacy support. clients that they yeah. don't support. Yeah. What kind of ledgers, because again, no matter what, you're still up against people going, I thought I'm supposed to have a WordPress site because that's what SEO is saying better. today. What's your thinking on Duda and why would you tell somebody, no, this is as good or better? Yeah, I can answer that, I think. Yeah. So I have vetted the, vetted the platform for a long time. And again, I think when I answer, it's with specificity to fixate media and our, and our clientele. But sure. as the Squarespace platform grew and grew, they spent less and less time focusing on the designer and developer community, which is fine because in a lot of ways they're a DIY tool. And they were trending towards going public for a few years, which was very clear. Duda offered us, a re- not a replacement, a fix for all the things that Squarespace didn't do inherently, let's say that. Inside of our shop, our team will look at each other and say early on, ah, come Squarespace didn't do that. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so our clientele didn't have to settle as much. That was one big differentiator. Two was the support. Even though I have built, I'd have to go back and count, but I'm still connected to near 800 Squarespace sites. So let's call it 850 plus pinch hitting work for the last 14 years. Really don't get any different kind of support (laughs) than anybody else would get there. So when I have clients who are relying on myself and Fixate and team to deliver and take care of them and support their businesses with their websites, that's a game changer for me to have that kind of support and the kind of support where I can pick up the phone and get somebody. That was huge for me. To many agencies, the speed of building in the platform is key. To us, it's not as key because I'm not trying to build 10,000 sites here, but it's still nice (laughs) to have. Some of the game-changing things, though, for us would be dynamic pages, being able to really build and deploy pages dynamically through internal collections, Google Sheets, or even Airtable. That's amazing. So we're doing a restaurant with four locations, four sets of menus, all connected to their G Suite for their management teams. Wow. Web personalization, things like that, that just weren't even available to my clients before. So for us as a shop, I'm delivering the same but many better tools, and my model of kind of keeping people going has changed. So here at Fixate, anybody who's a Duda client, we train weekly, free of charge, as long as you're paying your hosting. So that's my way of not having them in the hostage model so much, but keeping them empowered, keeping them going with these tools. And that's really how we've built our business. So overall, one, technologically, I find it superior. But what led me there initially, to go back to your question, the name, I thought, what is that? And then I realized (laughs) and read the story, it's very cool, The Big Lebowski. One of my favorite films, but it really was the technology, the support, 
the ability to bend and twist the platform in ways that I wanted to for our clients where I just couldn't do that. So the way that we position to clients now is, look, we're expert mechanics, right, for 20 plus years. I have a Toyota and then I have a Lexus or something like that. They're both very good cars. They both drive. <laughs> this one can do a lot more if you want that. Now, we have plenty of clients where some of those tools might not be as applicable. For us as a business, I want to be delivering the best we can to our clients. And so the final kind of thing that pushed us over the edge and, and even pushed us to move our own site, which was almost 900 pages mm. to do, was when I started running Google Lighthouse tests on my Squarespace builds versus my Duda, it was just quantum different. And I remember I called Tina on the phone, our operations director. I said, we're moving our site. <laughs> and she said, why? I said, because we have to. And so that was, a, again, a big turning point for us. But we do still build in Squarespace, as you mentioned. We have a lot of yeah. legacy clients over the years. But we also have a fair number of them who have trusted us over the years that they're now moving over yeah. because they're ready to get a better technology for their business. Yeah. Probably in some cases, they don't really care. Results. Well, but it's on, yeah. The results, exactly. Uh, well, so so your answer there was very much from the agency point of view, which I yeah. appreciate. A lot of agency listeners here will appreciate. If I'm mm. a biz business owner, what's mm -hmm. the benefit, especially since WordPress is free, right? I just install it and I'm, I'm being facetious somewhat, but how do you sell against WordPress, if you will? Because I'm guessing you probably do. Yeah. For years, we've moved people from WordPress, right? If you've already had WordPress and you're not happy with that, it's it's easier to sell you on why sure. you should move for sure. Yeah. But yeah. one is not having to watch, maintain, and take care of a website all the time. I think yeah. that would be step one, a software as a service. And I always you know, compare it to Microsoft. You can use Word, you can print with it, you can make it into a PDF, you can make money with it. You can't own it. It's not yours. It's Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. And software as service web platforms are very much the same. And so I think that's key point one. But key point two would depend on what type of business you are. If you're a, a retail location, the business localization and schema tools that are baked into Duda, yeah. even down to their F FAQs, by the way, yeah. which are great for search results. Um, those kinds of things would matter more. Whereas if your kind of business needs to make lots of updates, dynamic pages might matter more. There are incredible performing websites that when we deliver to a client, there's really no skills required other than some WYSIWYG learning. So, so you mentioned moving your site over right, from Squarespace, but if somebody's a, a WordPress on a WordPress setup and all of, that, all of that's in a database, they might have like in my case, I have 4,500 blog posts. Um, mm -hmm. Is that migration painful or is that type of migration something that, that you're actually able to do without really de-indexing de all, all of the pages and whatnot? Yes, our own website would be a great example yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah. And I got to tell you, even we missed a couple of things. Yeah. That big. <laughs> but overall, I think that the first thing you have to decide is, do you move everything from a large site over or not? Is yeah. that relevant or not? Because, for example, when we moved well, our sure. own site, I had probably 50, 60 pages of tutorials on elements in Squarespace that don't even exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Why well, move those over? It's just not relevant yeah, yeah. anymore. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's one consideration. But yes, there are ways that you can export yeah. a WordPress site and then import it. It depends if it's going to be as smooth as possible. But we do a lot of due diligence up front before we'll engage in a big project like that and test things so we can manage your expectations. But yeah. at the end of the day, moving any big site is not going to be easy. Yeah, whether yeah. it's Squarespace, yeah. Wix, WordPress, it's not going to yeah. be easy. Does 
do to make it easy on the back end to do URL redirects and keep things clean? Absolutely. Very clear. Yeah. What, what I love are those websites that have been built over an eight-year period by four different developers. And half the time they were hard coding their own you know, code. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, I don't know why that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> With no regard for browsers or <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Of course. All right, Josh, this was great. Tell people where they can find out more about Fix8 Media and, and some of the work that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. At fix8media.com, F-I-X, the numeral eight, media.com. And yeah, thanks very much for having me. Awesome. We were talking off the show. People, listeners don't realize this, but you and I are, I, I interview people all over the world and you and I are about 20 minutes apart. So that's always fun. So maybe now that people are getting back out there on the road, we'll do a bike ride in Longmont someday. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Thanks for stopping by the show. Take care. Of course. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, Check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team. Mm -hmm.